Welcome to the New Culture Church Podcast. Our vision is to establish the culture of Christ in Madison, one person, one place at a time. We believe that this transformation occurs through being like Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he did. We hope that the teachings and content you discover here will assist you on this journey. We would love to connect with you. For more information, please visit our website at newculturechurch.com. Enjoy the podcast. I'm going to invite you to find your way back to your seat. But as you do, I want you to turn to the person next to you. And I want you to share with someone around you. What is the last show that you binge watched? Or just one of your favorite shows or like movie series? One of the things that you watch all the time. Turn to someone and share that. Okay, so... When you watch this, I have a picture I want to show you. When you watch this, have you ever seen the, are you still watching, pop up on the screen, okay? Anybody else, you see this, you still watching, are you still there, hello? Um, Anyone else feel a little bit of shame when that comes on of like, oh no, I've been watching this that long that it's asking me with no movement. And so really what it's asking you, so it's like, did you fall asleep? Is anyone still here? Are you still interested? Or have you just like kind of given up on, you know, what's happening? And for me, it's been a little bit of both. Sometimes it's like, no, I'm definitely still here and I just need to hit continue. Other times I have gotten bored and I've like left the other room and you come back hours later and it's still on the screen and you're like, oh no, I'm definitely not here anymore. Well, today we are talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This story that has been told for hundreds and thousands of years about Jesus coming back to life. But it started with Jesus first coming and dying on the cross. And I want to read in scripture, in the Gospel of Matthew, the accounts of Jesus' death, where many people stopped watching. So Jesus was the Son of God, and he came, and he lived a sinless, perfect life. And he died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. To bring us into relationship with God the Father for all of eternity. And so Matthew 27 verse 45 says this. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema shabbatani, which means my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him with a stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook, rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man truly was the son of God. And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So this is where the story, for many people, they thought it was over. They thought that was the end. 
They stopped watching. But we know as we continue to read in scripture that there is more to this story. That it did not end here. But we pick up in Matthew 28, the story of the resurrection. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. The angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. And then the angel said, come and see where the body lay. If there's one thing that you should get out of today as you're sitting here is to walk away knowing that Christ is risen. That he is no longer dead, but he is raised back to life And we get to choose how we respond to the resurrection. The guards, when they saw that Jesus was not dead but was raised back to life, they fainted, which would be a fair thing to do. When someone who was dead comes back to life, that's not a normal thing. So they fainted. It was just too much for them to handle. In verse 7, as we continue to read, it says, Now go quickly. The angel says, Go quickly. Tell the disciples, those who were following Jesus, that he has risen from the dead. And that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. So these women, it says that they ran quickly from the tomb. And it says they were frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. When they ran into Jesus, the scriptures tell us that they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid, but keep going. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. It says in verse 11 that as the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priest what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called and they decided to give some soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say Jesus' disciples came the night while we were sleeping and they stole his body. So if the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble because the guards would have gotten in big trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said that they were told what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews and they still tell it today. We see the guards, they fainted when Jesus was raised back to life. The women, it says they were frightened, but they were also filled with great joy. But there's this invitation that we see from the angels to say, come and see, come and see him up close. So Easter, when we talk about Easter, it's this invitation for us to continue to come today and see Christ, the resurrected son of God. Easter, it is either the greatest hoax or it's the greatest event in human history. And many people still to this day believe many different things. Charles Spurgeon says that if Jesus rose, then is this the gospel when it professes to be? If he rose not from the dead, then is it all deceit and delusion? It says, but if Jesus, in fact, rose from the dead, then this changes everything for us. It can be complete deceit. It can be delusion. 
So I want to talk about today just a little bit about this idea of Jesus being raised back to life. This idea of deceit. So we read in scripture that after he was raised back to life, that already different people started to make up these stories and these lies to cover it. One of the most popular beliefs is this idea that Jesus didn't really die, that he just fell asleep, that he was never really dead, so he was never really raised back to life. But here's one of the reasons why we don't think that this could have happened, that he really did die. Because before Jesus was crucified, he would have been flogged, and this happened in front of hundreds of people would have been eyewitnesses to him being flogged. Now, they have gone back to say that when it's talking about Roman persecution at that time historically, that being flogged would have been about the same if somebody came and shot you directly in the back right now. So this idea that Jesus was completely flogged and he was beaten and everybody saw that happen. And then he was placed in this tomb and the burial procedures at that time, there would have been 75 pounds of incense and perfumes and dressings that would have been poured on his body. So even if he wasn't really dead, it would still be a complete miracle that he was able to get up and roll the stone away and walk out. Jesus There was no human way possible that he would have been able to just be sleeping in that moment. So they made up these lies, these stories to cover it up, to say he's just sleeping. Some people think, well, it's a delusion. So we have to ask the question, was it just a delusion? There are stories that are told of saying people didn't really see Jesus come back to life, that it was just a hallucination. But the thing about hallucinations are that people don't all have the same hallucination at the same time and then have it for all these other encounters. So no matter what what we decide, whether it's deceit or delusion, we can see today that Christ, it was a miracle that he was raised back to life. And so no matter what your response is today, know that Jesus welcomes it. Some people were frightened, some people fainted, some people were terrified, others worshipped him. And he made room for all of them to come and see, to come and see that he was the Christ, that he was raised back to life. And this right here tells us so much about who Jesus was. Not only was Jesus the son of God who left heaven to come be here on earth, he came to be human in the flesh so that he could relate to us in all things and he could have close personal relationship with real humans in real time. But then he died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And when he's raised back to life, he has that invitation again of saying, come close, see me. He wants us to come close and see him. If you were trying to fake being raised back to life, you probably wouldn't want people to come close and see. You probably would run away. But know today that no matter how you respond to Jesus, that he welcomes it. So we're talking about the resurrection, but why did Jesus come to begin with? I want to read some scriptures to you of the different reasons that we see of why Jesus came. To help us remember today that he didn't just come to pay the price for our sins and to be raised back to life so that we can never interact with him again. But he desires a close personal relationship with us for all of eternity, and that can start right here today. It says in John 12, 46, that Jesus says this. He says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. 
John 6, 51 says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Luke 2, 10 says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Luke 4, 18 through 19 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. At set, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Matthew five seventeen says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. He came to reveal God's love for all people. John three sixteen he says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Mark ten forty five tells us that Jesus came to serve us. The king of kings came to serve us. It says, for the, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came for me. He came for you. And so we have to decide, are we going to continue watching? Are we going to stay tuned to what's happening? Because if you're here today and you have felt at some point that you are lost, Jesus came to bring you home. If you have felt like you are oppressed, that you are stuck in darkness, Jesus came to set you free and to give you hope for a future. He came to save you. He came to serve you. He came to set you free. He came to know you, to have relationship with you. Jesus came not only to have that personal relationship, but also to give you incredible purpose. See, he came here to seek and to save the lost. And after he was raised back to life, before he ascended into heaven, the disciples, this group of people that followed him closely, that he was teaching and they were learning from him, he gave them this commission before he left in verse 16, he says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped. Once again, responded in worship. What a beautiful moment to see that. Even the disciples responding once more in worship. And says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always to the very end of the age. He came for you and he came to empower you to respond to his resurrection by continuing his mission of giving hope of giving peace, to be light in this dark world. Christ, his resurrection was fulfillment of the prophecy in the Old Testament. His resurrection was on purpose. There was no mistakes in this. It didn't just happen, and it gave us purpose to continue in a relationship with him and continue on his mission. So we are invited to come and see Jesus, the Son of God, the King of the world, to see him up close and personal, and then we are invited to share in his mission and to go and to tell others. So wherever you are at in this story, there is an invitation for you to respond by coming to see Jesus, 
and receive Jesus and then going and being a part of his mission. A couple weeks ago, I was meeting someone at a coffee shop. And I sat down at a table and I realized I didn't have this person's number. I only had their email. And I had no idea what they looked like. I had arrived about 10 minutes early and I watched so many people that could have potentially been this person walk into this coffee shop and sit down. And I kept thinking, surely I'm going to, they know that I'm waiting for someone. So I'm trying to look like I'm waiting for someone. And about 45 minutes finally goes by and I had been emailing him. It was like, hi, I'm here at this table. And he finally saw the email and the man sitting at the table who was already there when I walked in 10 minutes early says, oh, are you Abby? We were sitting next to each other right there the whole time, but we didn't see it. For many of us, this is our life with Jesus. He has been there the whole time waiting for us. And we're saying, where are you? And he's right there, but we just don't see it. Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who gives hope, the one who gives peace? We're going to have to respond by coming to see him, by choosing to have eyes to see him. You and I, we were created to live in relationship with God. And until we find that relationship, there's always going to be something missing in our lives. Oftentimes we can feel it. We have this longing that there has to be more, but we can't really name it. We long to have someone or something that's fully committed to us that will never let us down. We want someone to guide us, to help us make decisions. We long for close relationships, to be seen, to be known. We try to fill this emptiness in many ways. Sometimes with money, but that doesn't satisfy. One of the richest men in the world was quoted saying that at the end of his life, although he had billions of dollars. He said millions and billions do not always add up to what man really needs in life. If you ask some of the richest people in the world, they will tell you money is not enough. Yet we look to those things that look good and can be good to bring us this instant gratification, yet we still feel empty and we long for more. So we try to work hard. We turn to things like music or sports to seek success And there may be nothing wrong with those things in and of itself, but they do not satisfy that hunger deep inside every one of us as human beings. So we try to work harder. We try to attain success. And instead of purpose, we find burnout. But Jesus tells us that his burden is light. His yoke is easy. Following Jesus' relationship with him doesn't lead to us being empty. We long to feel intimacy, so we share our lives with the wrong people, and we keep searching for someone to finally accept us, someone that will finally fully accept us for who we are and who we will become, yet instead of intimacy, we're faced with rejection because no human is capable of loving us the way that only Jesus can. Even the closest human relationships as wonderful as they are, do not in itself satisfy the way that Jesus can. We long to feel safe and secure, so we try to set up these fail-proof lives. For years, I thought that if only I had a certain amount in savings in my emergency fund, that I would never have to worry about where rent was going to come from for the next month. But life is unpredictable, 
We're never going to be able to prepare for all of its uncertainties. The only thing that will make us feel truly secure is found in Jesus. I talk to people who are single and they think that, okay, if I only get married, then I will be fulfilled and I will have someone that can fully satisfy my needs. And then I talk to those who get married and they share about realizing at some point in their marriage that no person is ever going to fully satisfy them or fulfill all their needs. And that's because no relationship on earth was created to do that. So if you've tried it all, and you still find yourself longing for more, you are not alone today. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as we get ready to close. The reality, my friends, is that nothing is ever going to fulfill you except for the relationship with God that you were created for. The one that you are looking for is Jesus. The freedom you're looking for is found in Jesus. The reason that you long for that relationship is because you were created for it. And the good news that I get to share with you is because of Jesus' death and resurrection that you can have it. The resurrection did more than just save us from death, but it gave us life and life eternal, hope, peace, an invitation to change and to be free. You see, when we choose to follow the ways of Jesus, Death is not the end for us. Death is not the end when we choose to follow Jesus. Rather, death is a gateway to heaven where we will be free from even the presence of sin and temptation and things that separate us from God. And when Jesus set us free from the fear of death, he also set us free from all other fears. But he didn't just set us free from death, but he set us free for life so that we can have life and have it to the fullest. He set us free to change and to be transformed into his likeness. Sometimes I hear things said like, you can't change, you are who you are, you're always going to be that way. But the good news is that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can change. The Holy Spirit gives us the freedom to live the sort of life that deep down we always have desired and have always wanted to live. I love looking at some of the people who responded to the resurrection of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, who was one of the women who found him. Mary had formerly been demon-possessed. She was a demon-possessed woman that nobody wanted to be around, that nobody wanted to have anything to do with, and she would have been rejected, she would have been looked down upon, she would have had no influence. Yet, even with no social status, she was the one that got to come and see Jesus. She was the one that he said, go share my gospel, share my good news. Jesus chose to love her. Her story was not over when Jesus died. Her story was not over when he was raised back to life, but rather she was in the process of receiving that change, receiving that new life, being freed from death and brokenness and being freed for a purpose to share the hope and the good news of Jesus. So do you feel like right now you're in a place where maybe you're saying, I don't really have influence where I'm at? Maybe you feel like you don't have the social status. You don't, you don't feel like you have the things that people are looking for. Can I tell you today that your story is not over? Keep 
watching. Keep looking to see and to find Jesus and let him change you. Peter, one of the disciples that Jesus then was able to go and when he appears to his disciples, Peter denied Christ. Peter was someone that was close to Christ and then he denied him and he turned his back on Christ. He lied and he said that he was not following Jesus. Peter was the one that later, if you continue to read in scripture, that God poured his spirit out upon on what we recall the day of Pentecost and he used to start the church as we know it today. Someone that made mistakes, someone that was broken was who God chose to use to spread hope and to spread good news. So if you're here today and maybe you feel like you've made too many mistakes, maybe you feel like you have run too far away from God, I wanna tell you today that your story, it isn't over. Your story isn't over. You can change, you can keep watching, you can keep leaning in to say, God, what are you going to do next? You see, many people in life feel stuck and feel like they can't change. But I want you to hear today that the very thing that you are looking for, the thing that your life longs for is found in Jesus and no one else. And for some of you, this might be the first time that you're hearing this. For others, you may have heard this a million times before. And wherever you're at today, I just wanna remind you that there is more for your story, that it doesn't have to end in the place that you are, and how you're feeling in these moments and the things that you're walking through right now because the power of the resurrection is that Jesus through his Holy Spirit is still here with us now, bringing the dead things back to life, taking the places in our lives where we are far and drawing us closer. Your story isn't over. One of the craziest things that I've ever read about is the reality that Uh, There's many people, millions actually, that have won the lottery, but have never claimed their prize. Billions of people, they have these lottery tickets, these numbers that they have never come to claim their prize. They won the jackpot and they haven't claimed their prize. In a couple years ago, in, well, I guess it was more than a couple years ago, in 2006, there was a ticket that won the lottery for $31 million that nobody came back and claimed. They know it was sold to someone, but they never claimed their prize. So many people don't come and collect the prize, the money that could change everything for them. And the same is to be said about our relationship with Jesus. There's so many of us, so many people that walk around not recognizing that the greatest prize, the greatest gift, the thing that's gonna change everything in their lives is found in Jesus. And all they have to do is come and see, come and receive relationship with him. We have been set free from darkness and set free for relationship with Jesus, purpose with Jesus. You can have peace and chaos because Christ came and he was raised back to life. You can have light in your dark situations because Christ, he is light. You can have joy and sorrow because Christ, he is joy. You can have intimacy and relationship. You can have commitment. You can see justice and mercy and honesty. You can learn to trust again because he is trustworthy. You can have everything that your soul longs for in Jesus. 
you can have life with him and nothing else will ever compare. Christ didn't stay dead. He was raised back to life, not just to have this cool story to tell everybody, but so that you could have eternal life with him. So I wanna invite you to stand with me. And I just want to invite you into two ways to respond today. I want you to recognize today the reality that because Christ was raised back to life, that your pain has purpose now, that evil did not win, and that there's more to your story. And the two ways that we can respond to this today is maybe you just need to come and see. Maybe you need to say, Jesus, I want to see you. Will you come reveal yourself to me? You need to receive that hope, that change, that relationship. And then maybe there's others of you where the response is saying, I need to radically center my life around going and telling people about Jesus. Because if I believe in Jesus and I believe that he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who died on the cross and was raised back to life, then who am I to not share this with other people? The hope that can really change. The New Testament and the Gospels, it makes it very clear that we do have to do something to receive Jesus, to see him fully and to be known by him. And this is an act of faith for us. John in his gospel writes that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Believing in God, it does take an act of faith. But based on everything that we know about Jesus, both historically and in scripture, it's not a blind faith. It's putting our trust in a person. And in some ways, it's like a step of faith in the same way that a bride or a bridegroom comes and says, I do on their wedding day. It's a step of faith. So the things that we see in scripture, if you're here today and you're saying, I think I want to try what this looks like to follow the ways of Jesus, to receive him, to see him. It doesn't mean that you're gonna wake up tomorrow and everything's gonna change around you. These disciples, the people whose lives were changed, it was over a long time with Jesus, spending time with him as they became like him and started to see their lives change. But it's more of acknowledging him as king and recognizing his presence around you. And what we see in scripture is really simple where we just say sorry. We just apologize to God and and we ask him to come and forgive the things that we've done wrong that have led us farther from him. A fancy way to put this is we talk about repenting. The next is we just say thank you. We believe that Jesus died on the cross and we thank him for doing that. We say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying the price for my sins. And then the third is we just say, please, will you come? Will you come into my life? Will your spirit come live within me? Today, the prize is yours. You can have relationship with Jesus. And then the invitation is to go and to tell. And so I wanna pray for you today. But first I wanna give you a moment to just close your eyes. And if you're here today and you're in a place where you know that you have not yet come to see Jesus and you want to come to see what this is all about, you want to receive relationship with him, you want to receive that hope and that peace 
we're all going to pray a prayer together in a moment, but I just want to know that I'm praying for you. So if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus, would you just raise your hand as a sign of surrender to say, God, I'm ready to receive relationship with you. And everyone with me, we're going to just say this together. The prayer will be on the screen. And know that you are not saying this alone, but we are all confessing once again today together, reminding our flesh, reminding our lives that it's all about Jesus and seeing him. So would you pray this with me? Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you for offering me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. I receive you as King and I receive the mission of your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much that your son Jesus came and died on the cross and that the story was not over, but as we keep reading, we keep watching, you came back to life and that your Holy Spirit is with us now. And so I just pray for everybody here that prayed that prayer, God. Would you begin to show yourself to them up close, personal, show them that hope, show them that peace. Draw near to them, Jesus. We ask this in your name.